And welcome back to a new week of Green and Gold Rugby, episode 138. Again, we're back. We did it so well last week. We're going to have another one this week. Great show last week it was with Pat, Pat McCabe. If you missed it, it's because you weren't one of the four people involved in the Skype call that night. But it's all good now. Record has been pressed and we're off. But just like the Tars, we've benched a couple of big names this week. And just like the Tars, one of them is being managed and the other one has been flat out dropped for non-performance. So Timsey and Steve, you're on the bench. We've caught out Gags this week. Hugh's going to be joining us later. How are you going, Gags? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm uh, just about over. What was lost? What could have been, mate? What could have been? Well, as Ben, Ben, you're joining us from Perth. It was a quality show last week, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, mate. It was uh, it was right up there, and uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> I am gutted. I was so looking forward to that one, actually. It's... Um, I always look forward to shows I'm not on, and then with you know having Pat McCabe, um, that just would have been awesome. There's got to be something you could remember, something in the memory vaults that you can divulge. Oh, was it uh, Timsey's uh, oh. act, little, little act out that he, little act out session he had with? Uh, he played uh, he played Pat McCabe, and, and Pat McCabe had to play his mother, which was a uh, an interesting uh, <laughs> interesting moment during the podcast. <laughs> Oh, no. So, oh, so no. I think we can guess why Timsy actually deleted the whole podcast after that little <laughs> bit of acting. I'm missing it even more now, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, But we've made up for it this week. We've got a, another special guest coming on, joining us later on, Matty Hodgson from The Force, who's been in terrific form this year, and The Force have had a great last couple of games. But we're going to jump in and have a bit of a preview, uh, sorry, a review of last week's games. We're going to jump at the back of the week and speak about that Sharks-Reds game where the Sharks got up 35-20. Uh over there in South Africa, first match of the weekend. And it was an odd game for the Reds. They had their chances. I think they blew probably three tries. Harris dropped the ball with the line wide open um, with seconds to go in the, the first half. And Aiden Tua missed a couple of chances as well. In the end, it was the two tries uh, apiece. Uh, but it was the penalty, uh, the boot of Fran Stein and Pat Lambie who, who got the Sharks across the line. And Look, I'll, I'll my beast first, and then I'll be interested to hear your guys' perspective, guys. I, it was frustrating. Uh, I, I don't like talking about the referee, but there was there was some questionable questionable decisions. In saying that, those sort of examples of of Harris and Tua, we lost that game ourselves. We had the chance to win that game. We started slowly, um, but I think what was it twenty six six at half time or, or, or the like. So to finish up thirty five twenty no thirty five twenty shows, God, how close we were and. And if it wasn't for those handling areas and if we just started that game with a bit more... Well, in fact, we did start pretty damn aggressively. The forwards kicked on from the start and were aggressive at the ruck, but um, the Sharks held in there and a few mistakes and they, they got across the line and just kept building momentum with penalties and so on. But yeah. what's your perspective, Matt? What did you think of the game? Well, I've got to say, long-time listeners will know I'm, you know, I'm a pretty... Biased? Uh, biased oh, cars fan, yeah. No, we'll know, we'll know that I'm a pretty impartial observer uh, on these things. And um, I was ropeable at the referee too. I just, I sat there thinking, this guy's, you've got to be joking. Um, the whole way through. It just, it was one of those refereeing performances where, 
you know, he, he would read the same breakdown completely differently um, or the same tackle. So he got Kev Horwell for a high tackle on, I think it was Lambie. Yep. Um, and it, he, he hit the guy across the shoulders. Okay, it was nothing more than that. And then, you know, just a little while later, there was like literally a shot around, was it Liam Gill's throat? Um, by, by another guy, which was, you know, flat out uh, a high shot. Um, absolutely nothing. Um, so it was things like that. And then it was the breakdown where he just let he just let the Stormers all over the place and like the Stormer that hit their number six, I think it was, kept winning turnover penalties. He was on his knees. He was all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was re- and then the referee is having literally minute well minutes long conversations with Yanni Duplessis, who by the way has a very very high voice. Um, <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not thinking that to story to abuse in any way. Um, he has very, very high voice. Dr. Yanni Duplessis, isn't it? Um, yep. But, and they were talking for minutes in Afrikaans. You yeah, know, in Afrikaans, a good, exactly. Having a good old chinwag. Um, and then every now and again, he'd, they'd break into English. And he was basically schooling the referee on how he should be able to bind um, on the other guy. And even giving him quotes like, well... Paddy O'Brien told me I could do it. <laughs> that, that was the thing. It was an Afrikaan and then it dropped Paddy O'Brien's name into it. It was absolutely amazing. It was crazy. It was one of those things you're sitting there going, is this really happening, this referee performance? Um, anyway, I yeah. So having said that, did you say the final score was 35-20? Uh, 35-20, yeah. I mean, you know, come on. That's, well, you know, you're close. we're close to double the score. Um, yeah, I, and th- but those penalties were all in the wrong, were in the wrong places, um, of the, you know, the wrong spots of the field. Um, I'll tell you another fact that came out was, I understand Patrick Lambie is married. Is yeah, that wrong? Is you know in what country apart from South Africa would that be legal? <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be like twelve or something, isn't he? Yes, exactly. Still in school. He's his high school sweetheart, which has only been for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. So it's it's a beautiful story. <laughs> no, so yeah, overall, I just, yeah the Reds. Are, I think will be disappointed. I, you know that they, they did get stung by the referee, but and here's the thing. You know, Will Genya has come in for a lot of criticism, I guess, over the time. He actually did finally make a couple of fantastic little breaks, including one of his classic kind of little solo tries, you know, off from around yeah. around the ruck. That was great to see. But apart from those two, geez, there's a lot of lateral movement from in that back line. I mean, it just yeah. it starts with him. He starts running sideways, and then you know, Quaid, to be fair to him, gets it with you know, um, you know, with Will, Will coming sideways, and it all just kind of goes from there. And everyone's getting bundled into touch, and da 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 da. There's you know, it's. That bit's just not working for me. Um, you know, they need to it, sort that out. It, it's where Digby was so good for the Reds is that he, Quaid would have his little footwork and try something different, and if it came off sensational, but if it didn't, he knew he had Digby on his inside or his shoulder or something just to take the hit up, and Digby's strength got him across the line more often than not. And I think it's that little thing we're missing from Digby. You know, he didn't score a lot of tries for us at the end, but he was almost like a... Uh, a safety net for Quaid when things went wrong. And we don't have that. I mean, Chris F. Satura is, is playing fantastic footy for 13. It's really exciting to see a young guy play that well in that position. Um, but, yeah, we're missing that, the workload from our, our wingers. I'm actually really liking Rocket Davies back in the team. Um, Harris spilt that ball. He had a mixed game, Mike Harris. And I think there's a lot of people in the forum questioning his position, whether he stays in there. Great line for that try that he did score. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what he really adds, but, you know, sure, what we need then is Benny Tapaway coming on and really making the position his own. So a lot of questions for the Reds in that in the back line, sure, but their pack still, you know, lacks a bit of grunt. They've got great workers in that, in that 
back row. Mm. Um, but you just get the feeling we're missing something where we had Radiki last year or uh, Scotty Higginbotham the year before, and, and there's something missing there. Yeah, it's not quite like so. Yeah, I think it's that that exactly what you're saying with Digby being not being there. Richard Graham's a lot of his play has been it's same way, same way, and then bring it back the other way. When that doesn't work, they are missing that Digby Ioni or a, or a Ridiki Samo in from the back row to be able to straighten it up and actually bust through a tackle and straighten the line and get over the advantage line to reload. Mm. So Will's just continuously pushing it left, pushing it left, or same way, same way, and it's just going from one side of the field to the other, and they're not making past past the game line, which which is what what Quade could do if it, if he was tracking too far across, he could just throw the inside ball and Digby would get over the line. Mm. I think they, I think with their back row, they need to get a, a big, I don't know who, maybe maybe even try get Bo Robinson on the field at the beginning of the game, who just gives you that mongrel who will just fight to get over that game line if if it's if it's. Uh, if, if, if they're not getting there, like Gill and Schatz and Quirk, they're great players, but they're all workhorses and they're not really those big bollocking runners who, who get you over that game line, which I think that they're really, they're really struggling. And that, that's where their forward pack's a little bit out of balance by having the three sort of three players very similar in what they do. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, like even like a Michael Hooper, right? Um, what he adds to any team, whether it's the Wallabies or whether it's the Waratahs, um, but it's that running ability, uh, which just you know keeps the defence honest. Um, and that's one of the things that the Tars had done well up until I think uh, last the last week or so, um, where they had you know kept backlines honest by you know using that inside ball or using the flatter ball, not just the second line, you know all those sorts of things. Um, and you're right, I think you're right, Reg. That's what Digby used to offer was that you couldn't just drift out with um, you know with Will and Quaid. You had to watch that hole. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't seem to be there at the moment, does it? No, that doesn't. So, look, that's it for the Sharks. Reds, um, they've got another game this weekend versus the Lions. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But what we're going to do now, we're going to move on to back to where the Western Force travelled across the ditch and took on the Highlanders, and we're going to bring in a special guest, Matty Hodgson. Yeah, right there, right there. And here we are now with captain of the Western Force, the high-flying Western Force, Matt Hodgson. How are you going, Matt? Thanks for joining us. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, I'm going well. Excellent. Now, quick one, mate. Now, first of all, congratulations to you on your recent uh, achievement of 100 games, Super Rugby games. How's that rank for you in terms of your career achievements? Um, yeah, no, it was a, a great day. Um, yeah, something I'm pretty wrapped it with. Uh, never thought I'd get there. I'm pretty excited to probably get one. Super cap, but to get the 100 up at the one club, yeah, it's something I'll never forget, and especially the way the boys responded and got a good result. Didn't they? It was a great, great game there versus the Rebels, and you even snagged a try there. Yeah, yeah, to get my uh, record up at one one try every 20 games or something, so it was good to cross the line. <laughs> Well done, that's excellent. Now let's have a look at the season. You guys started slowly, you obviously had that first round uh, defeat by the, the Tars there and, and the Reds showed that wasn't an isolated uh, isolated event the following week when they went down to the Tars, you had a, a tough one versus the Brumbies, but the last two weeks you really turned it around versus the Rebels and then on the weekend that fantastic performance um, across the ditch there versus the Highlanders. Mate, what's been the turnaround? Is it anything you've changed in that period, or, or what's the secret to that that turnaround? Um, there's nothing really uh, that we changed in in the sort of four weeks. I think if you look at the first two games, there was probably uh, only 
well, definitely the Brumbies game, probably 30 minutes that we weren't in the game. Apart from that, we were in it. Um, uh, probably the last two weeks, we've focused more on starting well and coming out firing, and um, sort of we've done that with the great start against the Rebels, and then obviously uh, another good, solid 20 minutes performance uh, at the start of the game against the Highlanders, sort of trying to get everyone involved in the game early and sort of take the momentum into the game. Great. We might come back and have a bit more in-depth look at the Highlanders game in a second. Um, tell us about your off-season under Foley, under Michael. What, uh, again, was there anything, a new approach at this at all this year with the coaching staff? You've got some new coaches there. We might have a chat about them in a second, but had had the off-season go for force? Um, yeah, it was a, a pretty much a, a long sort of um, pre-season as most uh, Australian rugby teams go under these days without the third-tier comp. But um, so we did a, a couple of weeks building just the conditioning and strength side of things but then sort of the back end of it was a big focus on rugby specific skills and looking at our game um, not only from a defensive perspective but a lot from the attacking we weren't sort of happy with the number of tries we scored last year so we wanted to um, develop that and create some more opportunities in um, attacks and I think we've sort of done that and shown what we can do in the last two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, a couple of four-try uh, bonus points there, which has been fantastic, particularly last weekend. And take us through some of your coaches, which are probably a bit of an unknown quantity uh, for the rest of us over here on the East Coast. Obviously, Foles is head coach there, but uh, you got a couple of South Africans or guys with South African backgrounds, at least, in David Vessels and Kevin Foote. Yeah, so um, David Vessels sort of uh, he spent some time with the Brumbies um, as a defensive um, contractor or coordinator there and set up their system and sort of came across to us last year um, on a short term sort of um, I think it was the eight games he came in and helped to set up our defensive system um, and that and I think the connection the players got with him and the and the style of coaching he had. We just couldn't let him um, leave without having a couple more years under us, so we, we signed him up. Um, and then also Kevin Foote, um, who was with us again last year for about uh, four to six weeks, sort of helping out uh, when David wasn't there, um, comes in as our attacking coach. Um, he's an ex-Varsity uh, Cup and helped out in Curry Cup um, teams over there, so he's sort of taking over the... Uh, Attacking side of things, especially working with our young backline and and working on all their starter play and general play. So that's sort of the three, and obviously Foles, so the three of them working well together. So can Excellent. I so can on, I just jump on there, mate? I mean, Matt, you, you mentioned it a bit earlier on about how you guys wanted to you know get the tries moving. Is there any simple thing, any kind of simple mindset change or something that you've done as a team to kind of help? Um, start producing. I mean, you talked about starting, you know, start, trying to start the game differently, but I just wondered, you know, what, what's, you know, you've been there the whole time, so I kind of wonder what's changed in the way that you approach things this year? Um, it's probably the connection between the backs and forwards. I think this year um, and the back end of last year sort of working better together um, and combining together rather than, I think, in the previous years, 80% of the hit-ups would be from forwards and then the backs would wait for the perfect scenario to sort of cross the line. Yep. Whereas in this year, we've sort of worked together and sort of combining our skill sets. Um, um, so we do a couple of forward carries and then the backs get involved, but also forwards hanging out wider and reading cues and working together and, and um, backs coming up and, and um, sort of helping out in, in the tough areas when forwards have carried a few times in a row. So it's sort of just 
working as a, a 15 rather than two three units as a forwards group and a back shoot probably been the biggest mm. difference. Yeah, because well, no, that kind of strikes you. I mean, I mean, obviously, Eberson is a different sort of a, a 10, I guess, to some of the Aussie 10s that we've got. But I was going to say, it looks to me, rather than having the all-singing, all-dancing 10 who's relied upon to make it all happen or whatever, you guys, it seems to be shared out, which is, you know, amongst both forwards and backs, which is, sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you'd find Cease is a more a controlling sort of 10. He'll um, let things happen around him. Um, and, and feed obviously Kyle and Junior in the backs and then also um, the forwards as well playing uh, off him as well but then also I think this year more than last year seeing taking those opportunities when he sees them present for himself because of the work done around him rather than um, either side of him sort of thing Yep Okay, Matt, just touched on your own game I guess you've been in some, some top form I, I had a look at the, uh, the, the last four games you made 69 tackles uh, in that time which I think has has you in the sort of the top five in the entire comp. I guess do you find yourself having to fight back the urge just to ta- tackle random people walking down the street? You're a bit of a machine. I guess that's something you you really pride your, your game on. Uh, yeah, I think just the way the balance with our um, team, but especially our back row at the moment. I think with uh, Ben McCalman playing so well in, in the attacking role, I've sort of enjoyed taking up that defensive. Uh, Sort of side of things, and it's always been a part of my game. I really enjoyed, um, although not so much on the Mondays after. But um, <laughs> um, no, it's just one area I, I sort of pride myself on, it and I really enjoy that side of the game. Yeah, it's great. It's, and you mentioned Benny McCalman there, and unfortunately, we find out news today that he's been suspended for a couple of weeks, which I think will just equate to this weekend's game, correct? Because you've got the bye the following week, and you'll find some club club game to miss out then, I assume. But Benny's been in great form, and as have you, and then obviously Angus Cottrell on the side. So once again, the force have found themselves with this uh, uh, highly performing uh, back row, just a, a hard-working unit that have a great combination together. What is it with the force all the way along? You guys have always had a quality back row. I guess, Matt, you've always been a part of it. That answers part of the question. But um, is it a key part of your game plan? or? Um, I think it's something that it's key to most successful teams is having a strong back row unit, sort of uh, all working together, but also having different skill sets. I think you mentioned Angus Cottrell. I think he's having an outstanding year and he's a, a good balance between a, attacking and a defensive player. I, I take up the defensive side and Ben McCalman's um, a very attacking player. So I think the combination is, is sort of working well for us. But in saying that, whoever you throw in, I think if you throw Chris Alcock in there, that done wonderful things for us last year. Um, Huey McMinimum there also. So I think it's just something uh, I'd like to say a um, bit of luck that we've all, always had a good back row, but I think it just comes down to sort of the hard work and, and something that the force look forward to as a strong point of their team. Yeah, you, you seem to have really good depth, and it's one of the things at the beginning of the season I actually did pick you as dark horses. I didn't exactly know what that meant or where you'd go, but it's great to see that performance there. But the other combination that I want to mention, it and, and Gags has, has touched on it, is your two karate kids there in the half is Matthewson and Everson. Um, again, they've sort of come back and nothing. This is the last couple of games. And you can see a, a, almost a greater control in the back line there. They do, do really know how to run a game, don't they? Yeah, I think... Um it's probably tough last year, judging both of them um, coming into the club, both new to the club um, themselves, but also the combination being new, one being from New Zealand, one being from South Africa. So 
two totally different type of players. So I think the more time they're spending together and I think especially after the preseason, doing a lot of reps together and stuff like that, I think they found a good combination and a good balance between the two of them. And I know from the last two games, they're really enjoying working together. Um, and that's not to say Zach Holmes, Zach Holmes hasn't done a great job. And I think once he gets an opportunity again, he'll, he'll grow it with both arms. So I think for the first time or, or for a long time, we've had um, depth in that area as well, which is great for the club. No, I remember seeing a bit of Zach Holmes uh, when he was at the Brumbies just recently, right? And yeah, he, he looked impressive. So a bit of time, I'm sure he's going to come on. But mate, I, I want to see if you can cast your mind back to last year, uh, the Super Rugby signing day. Um, so there was you and all the other captains of the Super Rugby teams. Um, and you had a look on your face, mate. You weren't happy. Is there a backstory there? What had happened? You, you, your tie was slightly undone. You look, you look, you look, you look pretty pissed off. Was it was it the blue steel or had someone you know had someone trod on your toe? No, it was probably the, a tough time. Um, obviously, you get picked as captain for your first year, and you you want to play that first game. So it was probably just the disappointment of um, missing that that Rebels game. With it was a hamstring injury, and, and sort of missing that opportunity to lead the boys out for the first time was probably. Probably the main thing and probably an ill-fitted suit like most rugby players trying to fit into um, <laughs> formal wear as well. So <laughs> probably a combination of the both. Okay, because I also thought it was a bit unfair. I mean, you know, it's not that you're a short bloke, but the other guys that were around you um, it were pretty towering at the time, if I remember rightly, as well. Um, so yeah, yeah I asked for a step to stand on during all the photos, <laughs> but they wouldn't give me one. Oh, good one. Hey, hey Matt. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, as a Force fan, I hope you're around for another 100 games, but I know you, you've got a lot of things going on off the field. Obviously, you've, uh, you, you're a qualified real estate agent, I think, and I think you're also working towards a, a master's degree in, in law, I think, or sports law, and I think you've also just opened up your first um, first gym. Is that correct? And, and how's that all going on for you? Holy Jesus. Yeah, I've got a few things going on. I, thought, I think the balance between on-field and off-field is sort of something that's keep me, kept me in the game for a long time. So, yeah, I've done my real estate licence. I'm um, yeah, currently doing my Masters in Sports Law, but I'm um, also, I think, about a month away from opening up my first gym in Perth, a, a franchise that we hopefully kick off in Perth. And then also one day a week, I'm lucky enough to um, butt heads with Twiggy Forest and, and work at SMG one day a week. So Fantastic. plenty on, but that's how I like life. <laughs> Oh mate, this room. Obviously, you, you're planning to sleep when you're dead. Is that right? <laughs> uh, lucky, I've got an, a, a lovely wife that when I get home, dinner's ready for me. Uh, it sounds like a small kid in the background as well. I guess you don't sleep anyway. Yeah, no, he's just turned one, so we're just um, preparing for his first birthday on the weekend. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Matt said, "Sounds like you're, you're loving life." One, someone else that does obviously love life, and this was one of the more popular Twitter questions uh, that came in uh, when we asked for questions is about Nick Cummins. Is, is we saw his <laughs> post-game interview last weekend, and we've seen him in the past, but this one even more so seems just remarkable. Is he like that? Is that him? Oh, I'd hate to. I'd hate to say no. It's not like him, but that's how he is every day. Um, you should hear him in some of the team meetings and stuff like that. So it's um, sometimes we need a translator to uh, sort of interpret what he's trying to say because a lot of the sayings he does say is a combination of many. So, uh, but that's him, and um, I thank God that we have him here. But lucky there's only one of him. So um, 
that's well, what's I, coming through and through. I'll ask the follow-up then. How does he... How does he and Chuck Fowler get on? Because Chuck's an interesting character in his own, own right, and I would have thought that would be an interesting combination. Um, I think we're lucky enough. Uh, Chuck does most of his work by correspondence these days, so we just email him <laughs> okay. them to come on and you just get him to read them. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, so the Highlanders game on the weekend, what an absolute belter. Um, was it? I'm trying to remember, were, were you guys down to 14 or was it 13 men by the end of that game? Uh, so 13, we lost two players at the same time with about, I think, about 10, 10 or 8 minutes to go. So, I mean, how the hell did, I mean, I mean, what did you, what was the, was there a strategy? Did you guys just go, right, we just got to go balls out? I mean, what was the, what was, what was the talk when you were down to 13 men on the field? Well, the first thought was who's going to pack into the second row because we'd lost that many people when it was a scrum. So we're looking around and... I was the next option, so I hid. Um, but it was just, yeah, sort of um, looking back at the tough times that they've had in pre-season and digging deep and um, just trusting everyone on the inside. I think um, lucky enough for us, we were, although we didn't hold on to, for them not to score, we were, defence was strong enough in the centre that we were able to push them, push them wide and, and they scored in the corner um, and, and missed the goal. So I think it was just, yeah, boys digging deep because we put in so much for that 72 minutes uh, to let it go um, in the last eight minutes would have been disappointing and I think it's a, a big turnaround not only for this team but for the club to, to win one of those tight battles that in the past we may have drawn or lost. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. What, what is it about the Highlanders? That's what, six straight now? Well, it's, it's an amazing record to really have considering we haven't had the best against most other teams I guess. Yeah, it is interesting, I think, um, to win, I think, six out of eight, and I think that's five in a row or something against the Highlanders. I think, um, I'm not sure why it sort of happens or, or, or why they're a team that we always get up for, but I always remember that most of them, I think, bar one, have always been t- tight encounters and, and come down to the wire, so it's not like that. We we turn up and we know we've got the win, so it's, it's definitely tough games, and I think um, just through the pressure and constant, uh, I think, bit of luck as well that we, we always get over the top of them. Well, well done, Matty. Look, thanks a lot for your time today. We'll let you get back to your, your young boy and your family. We really, really appreciate you giving up some of your time for us. And, he, uh, and his four careers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask for a gym membership afterwards. <laughs> but um, best of luck for this weekend. So the Force Office are taking on the Chiefs this Saturday night. Um, Chiefs, uh, you know, fantastic team rating premiers, two-time premiers. So, Force fans, get out there and support your boys, uh, the Sea of Blue, and all that. Matty, best of luck for the rest of the season, and hopefully, we'll get to speak to you again soon. Yeah, no worries, no. Thank you. Uh, yeah, anytime. Keen for a chat. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. No worries. Cheers. Cheers. Excellent. Thanks to Matty Hodgson there for joining us uh, over there in Perth. We're going to move on to back to the first Australian game of the round, which was the Melbourne Rebels and the Crusaders uh, down there in Melbourne, uh, where the Crusaders got up 25-19. Pretty uninspiring game, to be quite frank. Uh, it was all penalties in that first half. Neither team could really make their way into it. Crusaders, uh, they both scored a, a try each. Um, the Rebels scoring a late one, uh, but uh, not much from this game. Gags, what do you reckon? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the danger of the Friday night match um, when uh, I've celebrated at the end of a week and then watched that and now we're a few days on, aren't we? So I'm just trying to piece it all back together in my mind. I think the problem was that, like you said, it was a pretty pedestrian game in the first half and the the Rebels' attack just wasn't firing. Um, I think it would be one of those things they'll be scratching their head about. I mean, fair enough, they were playing against the Crusaders, who who are now no slouches, but um, yeah, it it just, just wasn't working, you know, drop balls and all the rest of it. I've got to say, I've got a bit of a, a question mark um, over Hegarty. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think they've kind of bet the farm a little bit on a young guy. Um, and, you know, at, at this point, he's still developing. I think you can see in there that he's obviously a good player and maybe he will develop into a, a very good player. But right now, you know, it, it's it's just not happening for him. And you, you can't feel that he's a bit... You kind of feel he's a bit of a passenger there um, at this stage uh, and they need somebody to help kind of direct him around the park and it's not happening uh, so yeah no I think it'll be a, a, yeah, a bit of a disappointing one at the end of the what was it 25-19 by the end uh, yeah 25-19 yeah. I think that flatters him a bit I think there was a late score uh, yeah. in, in the game and so yeah they they were never really in touch and that just didn't look like it either yeah, that's right. Look, you, you, I hear what you say about Hegarty, and you're right. They're, they're in a position where they've got a couple of really young guys to play fly half. Angus Roberts being the other one. Um, neither have a whole deal of experience. Hegarty's barely played the game of late, um, to be honest, until he came through the Rebels last year. I guess that's the reason they brought Luke Burgess in this year, mm. to try and provide that experience in the halves. And he's been playing well. Um, but that 10 is a crucial position. Not many teams get far with without someone who can really control a game there, and Heggs is probably still some way off that. And I know pre-season there's a bit of talk about even whether they'd consider moving Jason Woodward or Tamati Ellison, uh, but they're a bit of served off outside, out wide, and, and you know they're going to have to rely on Hegarty, to be honest, uh, if not Roberts, and uh, hopefully they pick them up. Yeah, I mean, actually, as you talk, you I'm, I've got you have more of the game coming back to me as you speak. Um which is that, yeah, I, I thought uh, Burgess had, an, had a very good game, I thought, in that, you know, showing what a kind of a running and defensive uh, halfback could do. Um, you, have, you know, I think he, as we all know, he probably doesn't quite have the passing game that, say, uh, you know, that a few of the other, other halfbacks do. But you know, he's, a big, he's a big guy now, um, and he, he really has a physical presence around the field. Um, and so I thought he made uh, quite an impact. The other one is uh, Hugh Pyle, um, you know, Bob Dwyer's been giving him a bit of a serve uh, in his column. And actually, uh, just watching him, he came up a couple of times where I couldn't help but think maybe he's injured. Um, yeah, right. I'm, I'm not sure he's at 100%. So, in it, whereas he was like a big player for them last year. So there's a few things there, you know, but I, I kind of feel like the Rebels, they've they've pulled a few rabbits out of the hat with, you know, young or unknown guys like your Tom Englishes, um, your Woodwards at fullback. You know, they've had a couple of, you know, gems that come through. Um, I can't help but feel that they probably needed to invest in a couple of other key positions like ten. Yeah, yeah I think I think also their um, their front row as well is struggling, especially on the weekend, and, and they didn't they weren't weren't great against the four C either the week before. They were much much improved from last year, and then they got the the uh, the signing of uh, Smith and and Max, and uh, they were they were they were talking about big things in the preseason, and, and they just sort of haven't really stepped up in these games. And we saw on the weekend there was a lot of penalties at scrum time and. And they really struggled, and that really hurt them. With with all the with uh, Taylor kicking for four penalties in the in the first half, which mm. yeah, it's just it was just well, a tough one. Well, I will say this about the scrum time though: you ha- you had um, the referee um, who was uh, what, you said his James, name, James, James Lecky. Lecky. Yeah. yeah, basically got on the side of Wyatt Crockett. 
I mean, and whenever you're penalising in favour yeah. of Wyatt Crockett, you've got to have a look at yourself, um, which I actually tweeted, and Matt Cobain favourited <laughs> <laughs> after the game. So, after the game, uh, yeah. So I think I think he might have been, in, you know, he might have concurred um, with that opinion. So yeah, Wyatt Crockett. I mean, geez, he was just angling yeah. all over the place, um, but and milking some penalties. But yeah, you, you got to deal with that, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, not much more to say about that game. Uh, so we're going to move on to what was probably clearly the game of the round, but one of the games of the season, one of the best for uh, some time. In fact, was the uh, Brumbies and the Waratahs. Brumbies running out winners 28-23 after uh, after you know breaking away and 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 creating a first a pretty good lead early in the game, but the Waratahs uh, fought back and and it was just a high quality game I thought from from both teams. Brumbies really played uh, played the right game early. They led 20 to nine at half time and, and ranked up some scores pretty quickly. But then uh, the Waratahs came back in it, some some magic from Israel Folau and, and and just again uh, good play from the from the back there. Matt, how do you see it as a Waratah fan? Yeah, I mean we were hoping to get Hugh on to uh, yeah. give give everybody the lowdown, but obviously um, Canberra, somebody's come up from Canberra and sabotaged things by we think breaking into his car. <laughs> yeah, uh, do you reckon it was a, a, a rather large bald man wearing the number two jersey? <laughs> yes. Yeah, after the pick of our team, TPN at uh, two for team of the week. Um, what, what a, just to say, what a cracking game though, right? Even oh, even though the result wasn't the way I would have liked to have seen it. Um, actually, there was a bigger result there, which is uh, for Australian rugby. It was just great to see two teams who could go toe to toe like that. Um, not just you know, and, and not just at the breakdown, which I think we knew was going to be a cracker of a battle, but also out wide as well. Um, you know, both both sides showing. You know, just a lot of commitment. Gee, some of the collisions were just amazing. Um, and actually, it was like a New Zealand derby. It was, yeah. wasn't it? It was. Yeah. We finally saw a bit of that, um, or, or like a curry cut match where they just yeah, built yeah. Them each other. Yeah, basically. Um, so I, so I thought that was great to finally see that coming through in our teams, um, which is which really hopefully you know bodes well. Um, the other bit was obviously you know, Brumbies really got out to a lead there, and you had to go, oh, geez, this could go pear shaped for the Tars. So the fact that they then kind of Sucked it up and fought back uh, from a TARS point of view was great. Um, there's been some funny discussion on around, oh, the TARS lack ticker or whatever else. I actually think they showed the opposite in the way that they tried yeah. to came back against a team who were at home, um, you know, down at a bit of a fortress stadium down there. And, the, you know, in a team that got to the final last year, I think for the TARS to come back like that wasn't bad. I think what the Brumbies did really well, though, um, and they showed they're a smart team, is they really pressured that 10-12 combination for the TARS. Um, and, and we know how good Matt Tamura is in that rush spot defence, and he absolutely clattered Bernard Foley a few times, didn't he? Um, and then Paddy McCabe decided he was just going to tackle Kirtley Bill, whether Kirtley had the ball or not. <laughs> didn't, didn't matter, um, which I always thought was a good tactic. We used to use that one at school as well. Um, so, and, and, and I think the Tars kind of went to pieces a bit. And, you know, so all of a sudden it was under pressure. It was like the, what the Tars did went to the Reds, if you remember. Yep. You, know? Um, you know, they were just in their faces. Uh, that, that, that kind of short ball on the gain line wasn't working anymore. Um, and then all of a sudden it was just predictable. Um, and, um, you know, and I think that 
the Tars were just really shaken up. They don't have much of a kicking game. Uh, and so, you know, where you might have just expected that they would use that to get around that sort of rush defence, it didn't happen. Um, I thought, you know, there was a, but there was loads of great performances across the park on both sides. Um, you know, I thought uh, Cliffy Parlu looked good again. Yep. I thought, uh, you know, the Green and Gold Rugby's own Scott Fardy is just getting better and better. I mean, how could you possibly leave him out of a, a Wallabies pack at the moment? Um, he just he just looks fantastic, and he's even just taking the piss with pe- <laughs> with pieces of skill, chip kicks, grubber kicks, you know, flick passes, flick passes you name it. Um, he's looking fantastic as well as doing all the hard yards. So yeah, I, it was a, it was a it was a great game. Pity one side had to lose, um, but uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. And that Falau try, oh. which, which was just uh, I think I'll do something here. You know, that back. was remarkable. And against great defenders, you know. Yeah, and, and people I, I saw and read criticism of the defence of the Brumbies there, but I couldn't fault it. It was just, <laughs> there was one movie put on with his just massive legs where he seemed to step or swerve yeah. sort of a couple of metres in one movement, which was just remarkable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, magic uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually talking to a Welsh rugby fan the week about that. He brought it up. And we're just saying about, you know, how do you stop a, in that exact same sequence you were talking about, where he suddenly decides to do that one-two. I mean, the guy's six foot five, um, you know, strong as an ox, um, and Scott Pace. Can, you know, trying to get your... Is it possible to get your arms around both of those legs when he does that step? I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it is. And he's in that, in that step, he's gone. Anyway, um, that was that was great to see. But yeah, no, belter of a match, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And... And uh, reiterate some of the other um, performances there. I, I want to focus on the Brumbies. I thought, I thought Stephen Moore was fantastic. He's such a fantastic workhorse. I think he led the tackle count for the game. His, his throws were bang on the line out, and I thought for the Brumbies worked really well. Uh, Nick White probably had his best game for the season, I thought. Reiterate Matty Tamua. But the centres, I'm, I'm massive raps on these guys, and no Robertson Crusoe there, but Paddy McKay again, and but Tavita Kurandrani, who... I'm just such a massive fan of him. I'm, I'm so excited to see him back on the field and, and using his strength and skill because I think he can be a critical component of that Wallaby team. But uh, he was a, a dangerous and ran over the top of or ran through Kirtley to score his try as well. So, um, yeah, quality game, a lot of quality performances. But it did I think, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you go, mate. Give in. I was going to say the, the Brumbies would be, would be happy to get the win, but it, it was at a cost. I think they've had a few injuries come out as a result of it. You've got uh, Henry Spate, looks like he's out, or he's out, he is out with it for about six weeks, I think, with a broken jaw. Uh, and I think uh, Co was in a moon boot this week, and I think one of the other the other props, um, uh, Murph, is it? No, uh, one, of the, one of the South African young boys. Smith. Smith. Mm. Uh, yeah, he, he was also, looks like he's out, I think. So just to add to the list with uh, Tamani and uh, and Pocock, so they'll be... be uh, well, it's not. It's not. They've got a bit of a growing list there, and, and they'll want to try and get some of those players back as quick as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, just while you're talking props, it, you know, that that was one battle that the Brumbies really got the edge on, wasn't it? Um, was at scrum time, uh, quite quite noticeably. And um, actually, it was interesting. There was that article during the week um, by Nick Bishop, um, who's kind of our elite analyst from England, and he'd picked out that he thought Kepu was a you know, potential stronger scrummager than um, Paddy Ryan, but Paddy Ryan had a bit of a torrid time in the scrum there. He um, did. He was. He was. He was targeted. Yeah. Yeah, and that, so that was really quite interesting. So that's raised a few eyebrows. And Scott Seo obviously um, did very well out of that. 
Um, so, and we see that Ben Robinson has been dropped to the bench yeah. um, this week. Um, so, yeah, there's a few things there. And I guess the other bit, the other question it raised, I, th- I thought a little bit over the top. I mean, I thought you know, the commentary team just went on about it and on about it was, uh, was Curtly Beal. Um, and, uh, you know, oh, they're throwing people out in his channel and he just can't defend. I actually didn't think he defended that badly. No. Um, but um, I think it was probably more an attack that it just, he, you know, they shut him down. Um, yeah. And he didn't do what we know he can do at other times. And if he can't play that role, you know, starting to ask some questions, where does he play? Um, you know, both for the Tars and the Wallabies. Because uh, obviously with Falau t- tying down 15... Um, it only leaves so many other spots. So anyway, that was yeah, some interesting questions that came out of that game. Yeah, absolutely. And it, Matty Tamur and Paddy McCabe, two of the best defenders going around. So it was always going to be, and that was one of the things that Pat did mention last week was uh, their eagerness to contain Kirtley and and, um, ah. and Bernard Foley, and and uh, you know it's, it's the challenge that he was looking really looking forward to. So um, well, that's that's good to know that now. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know that in hindsight. Did I mention that I also tipped this game? Uh, I thought the Brumbies would do it easily. I thought they'd do it within five points. Yeah, just have a look at Curly. Just have a look at his stats. He only made four tackles in this too, so I'm not sure if that was he just wasn't in position or he wasn't made to make a lot of tackles there. But he did obviously miss miss two, which I guess against McCabe and that, which Curly would want to fix up if he's going to stick yeah. around in that 12 jersey with with Horn sitting on the bench as he is after such a great year last year. Uh, he would want to sort of sort that out. Mm. Absolutely. All right, well, let's move on from last week. Well done to the Brumbies. They're now on top of the Australian Super Rugby Conference uh, on 13 points, Waratahs on 11. The Western Force are in third spot on 10, uh, one point ahead of the Reds with the Rebels trailing at the back there, six. But the overall conference standings, we've got the Sharks, Chiefs and Brumbies, Lions, Tars and Bulls as the top six there. And then point, we should point out that the Force are equal points with six-place uh, Bulls, just a... Uh, uh, not as good a for and against there at the moment. So early days, but uh, we'll see how that develops. So let's move on to round six this weekend. We've got a few games we'll fly through. We've got the Highlanders versus the Hurricanes over in Dunedin. Um, but the first Aussie match of the round is another Friday night one gag. So I hope you're fired for it. I'm assuming you're going along. It's the Waratahs hosting the Rebels there. Yeah, look, I want to get stuck into that in, in one minute. Can I just? Okay. I completely forgot about this game. I watched a bit of it uh, last uh, Saturday. Was the Hurricanes cheaters? Did anyone catch any of that game? Oh, it was crazy. Good, final old score, school Super Rugby. Oh, final score sixty to twenty-seven. <laughs> um, and it was it was you know I don't know at one stage it was probably thirty five forty to twenty or something like that just crazy absolutely no tackling from either side um, yeah. anyway what, what sparked me into that was just that Highlands Hurricanes game Highlanders Hurricanes game that's happening on Friday um, before the Waratahs one who God knows what will happen there um, but anyway yeah more importantly Waratahs Rebels yes now look this is calling all fans of the Waratahs in New South Wales, it is time to get our arse in gear. Um, if we're going to get a bit of a roll on here and um, build a bit of excitement, now is the time. I sense that that excitement is starting to build. Um, so the thread that's in the forum this week about this game, there's quite a few people going along, isn't there? Um, and a few yeah, people absolutely. who, uh, you know, you know who you are, Fitzy, from Western uh, Sydney. 
who uh, usually can't get off his ass to come in. Um, you know, there's a bunch of people like Fitzy who, who, who are braving, uh, you know, the big bad city, city to come in. So what I'm saying is any of you guys, even those people who have defected to things like, uh, you know, AFL, but I probably think if you had defected, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, but if anyone who's kind of sitting on the bench and, you know, saying, yeah, shall I shine like, come along. Um, I think we're, we're meeting at the, uh, the, uh, the tap house, um, uh, which is you know just just up up near Moore Park uh, beforehand, so there'll be a lot of other green and gold rugby people there, just lots of other rugby people. Get yourself some beers, then we're going to then we're going to go and uh, see the game. I think it could be a belter. I hope the Rebels find their mojo again. Uh, they're attacking mojo, and and uh, we just end up with a, a belter of a game um, at the SFS, uh, which is you know a great great place to watch rugby. So yeah, I'm hoping this is. I'm hoping this is really good. Obviously, I always like a Tars win, but I'm also secretly hoping that the Rebels put up a good fight. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I, uh, I'll, I'll say it now. I'll, I'll tip the Waratahs to win this, but, geez, yeah, I'm really hoping the Rebels bounce back uh, to produce the goods. They had that great first-up performance versus the Cheetahs, um, but then uh, went down to the Force, was it? The yeah, Force was next, and then obviously went down, disappointingly, to the Crusaders. So let's hope they get that kick along and, and McGahn gets more out of them this week and they, they turn up, fired up to take the, the Waratahs there. And some interesting changes to that Waratahs team. You've alluded to Robinson's being benched. They've rested uh, Cliffy Palu uh, onto yeah. the bench. And, and so Big Will Skelton starting, I think. So Dave Dennis at number eight, that's correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's some interesting things in there. I mean, Will Skelton, geez, he makes a dent when he comes on. Um, uh, Dave Dennis, yeah, you've got to be thinking about, you know, I know he's captain and all, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's got to be some questions flying around there. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, yeah, so here's, um, you know, Green and Gold Rugby's own Luke Burgess coming back to the SFS. Um, yeah, good so point. That's going to be fascinating to watch. So, yeah, it should be a good night. Yep, looking forward to it. Ben, what do you reckon? Any uh, call on this game? Oh, probably. I'll probably have to go with the the Tars. I think they've just across the park sort of been. They just got too much firepower for the Rebels. I think they'll the Rebels will be disappointed with the way they've sort of carried on after their great start. And but I just think at home in in Sydney, with, with as Gary said, hopefully a, a big crowd behind them, they'll uh, they'll get over the top. I think uh, it'll be a, probably a, a big margin. I think as well. Mm. Big margin, right? Just talking about that, you know, the Rebels. I mean, having come out of the gates and put on such a performance right I mean Tony McGann must be just how much must he been slapping his forehead yeah. about resting those guys on the bench you know it's just kind of cause, and the worst bit is because you know it, is, it just kind of reads coaching mistake all over it doesn't it considering what he's done with the team you know they just look so good and now they're kind of struggling to find their feet back after that loss that no one thought they were going to have against the force so um, yeah it's just a bit of hubris there I think yeah absolutely and, and it lost momentum and ironically versus the force who did it last year versus the Lions and got smashed mm. in that Lions tour game but also the uh, the following Super Rugby game so yeah let's hope they pull it around for the sake of the spectacle at least because mm. um, yeah, they're, they're potentially a very good team but they're, they're up against it this weekend with the Waratahs uh, that's uh, then Saturday night we're trying to turn to the Blues we've got the Cheetahs but then we've got the Brumbies are hosting the Stormers down there in Canberra. And Ooh. Ben, you touched on it previously uh, with the, the Brumbies. They've got some real injury concerns there. Spates out. I believe Joe Timone might be, be back. He's still battling a hamstring injury. So we're not uh, 100% convinced whether he's back. Scott Co's out. Um, so mm. and a, and a bit of concern over there with the rest of the props. So... They're still a very good team. They're coming off a great performance. And I dare say the Brumbies are the one team that have improved their game every week. 
at least from an Australian perspective. You could probably argue it with the force as well, but I think the Brumbies have stepped up their game every week, so they'll be looking to do the same this week. The Storm is obviously coming off the back of that loss to the Chiefs last week. Uh, so uh, a bit of a battle down there in Canberra for them. Matt, any reading on this game? Yeah, my first question is, uh, where have they hired the gangster, the Italian gangster Joe Tamoon? From <laughs> is, is he a relative Al Capone? Tamani, sorry, yep, yep, okay. yep, oh, exactly. Okay, good. that's who you're talking about. Just don't get me to spell full out. <laughs> Baloo. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the Brumbies. It could be a hell of a arm wrestle here with the Stormers, couldn't it? I haven't seen a lot of the Stormers this season, but I hear a lot of disappointment about them. Yeah, mate, they're not looking too good. They're sitting at the bottom of the of the conference and and, and not impressing many. Uh, haven't scored many points and you know led in a few. Oh, well, let's hope the Brumbies really uh, slam this one. But I agree with your your judgment on them. They've really been after a slow start. Remember, we were all asking maybe yep. the Brumbies should have had a bit you know had harder uh, trials they've maybe you know they've uh, they've shown maybe that isn't a bad way to go forward so yeah i hope they polish them off nicely yeah i think uh, with with state being out i just thought i'd have a look at the other winger and uh, look at robbie coleman and, and he, how, how great he's been i think uh, after a few years sitting on the bench behind a few different guys and sort of popped on and on, on the field in, in different places played a Fullback and in the centres, and mm. and now he's he's finally got his chance on the wing with a few few uh, injuries, and, he, and he's taken it with and and just run with it and gone great. So even though they do have those sort of uh, um, injury concerns, they still have plenty of depth there, and I think yeah, they will at home be able to to get up on the weekend and and continue their run. Well, here's a question: yeah. Is Robbie Coleman one of the best halfbacks in Australia we've never seen? Yeah. Would, he's a halfback, mate. Well, he's just okay. Let's be honest; he's too small to play yeah. anywhere else in the back line. Yeah. Um, with re- with regularity in modern super, in modern rugby. Um, but his acceleration, ability to beat the man. Can you imagine how devastating he would be around the ruck? He would yeah. be he would be gone um, before you could touch him. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I have no idea about his other skills. Has he got a kick? Has he got a pass? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, just from that perspective, you got to think. Surely someone said, "Hang on a minute, he could make a you know he could make a really good halfback." Yeah, I remember when he first burst onto the scene and scored some ridiculously uh, stepping try. I think it was the rest of the Reds, in fact, um, and showed that type of uh, speed. And actually, uh, he reminded me a lot. And I think he was. Um, referred to as a very Tim Atkinson-like, and Timmy Atkinson was another pretty small guy who played in the centres for the Brumbies, but also got trialled as a little scrum half as well. Mm. Never went anywhere, was more a sevens player. So I see a lot of him in in Robbie. So it's interesting to see Robbie find his spot on the wing there. Mm. Um, hasn't really been tested with the crossfield kick or any of that sort of stuff. So um, let's see how it develops. But, yep, I'm tipping the Brumbies this week versus the Stormers. Uh, we'll see how we go. They, Leon Power is the other one, uh, the lock that was um, under injury cloud, but I think yep. he might be all right. It'll be decision will be made later this week. So, so that's the Brumbies and the Stormers then. Back to you, Perth. We mentioned this game earlier, Ben. we got the Force taking on the Chiefs over there in Perth. What's the feeling? It's a massive game for you. Oh, massive. We've uh, yeah, great to get the win on the weekend. It's uh, the first time since 2011 we've won two in a row, and it's the first time ever that... Uh, we won two in a row with, with two bonus points, four try bonus points. So uh, we'll be going this weekend for, for a third straight win for the first time since 2007. Um, so it's been a long time, um, and it, but it doesn't get much harder coming up against the Chiefs. Um, but, but it's good we'll be we're back at home. After, it's a quick turnaround being in, uh, flying over New Zealand and flying back to Perth. So the boys, um, have had a, I think they've had a light session today and they'll, they'll ramp up continuing on through the week. 
Um, disappointing, I'll have to do it without Ben McCalman. Um, yeah. Who, who today, yeah, he, he's been in great form, but after his little brain fade on uh, in the last sort of eight minutes, and he, he's received a two much sorry two two week suspension today. Um, but fortunately, he'll only re- he'll only miss one Super Rugby match um, and be available to verse the Reds on the sixth of April, I think it is. So about three weeks because they have the bye next week. Um, so yeah, looks like uh, looks like it might actually be a, a sellout. There's all there's a a massive uh, New Zealand contingent here in Perth, but as well with the guys obviously having some good weeks, uh, good good wins. Um, looks like we're on our way to a sell up. Ticket sales have been been massive, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll have close to uh, twenty thousand people there, uh, which would be great. That'd be for, fantastic. Great for Perth rugby. I think we got to think. I think last year we had about seventeen for the Crusaders, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a bit few more against the Chiefs. Um, and and just going on past form, last year we. We, I think we went down by one point to to the to the Chiefs in New Zealand in Hamilton. So we, we know we can sort of get the job done um, if if we sort of continue to if they continue with the structures and the way they've they've come out in the last few weeks. And they're just going to really target that first that first that first twenty minutes like they have, and, and hopefully be switched on and, and and get a few tries early on, and and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get up over over the top of the the Chiefs who've. Also got a few injury concerns. I think most notably uh, Robbie Fruin, um, yeah. who unfortunately has has undergone uh, heart surgery again. So all the best to him, and hopefully he makes yeah, a speedy recovery. Well. But um, but yeah, so they, they they brought in a few. I think it's pretty handy when I think you can bring in Sam Kane and and uh, someone else off. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Chiefs uh, they'll be they'll be a tough ask, but I think that hopefully the boys will be able to get up. Hey, so who do you think will be replacing Ben at number eight? What, will they bring in Alcock and just have three effective flyers there? Uh, Cottrell yeah, at eight or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh McMenamin's another option. Um, which yeah. might, is he might fully fit? He is, yeah. He, well, he was in New Zealand um, for the game on the weekend, but he, he didn't, didn't make it on. Like, he, he was, a, he was the, the 24th man. Um, so they might tinker with that, maybe play him at... Uh, at blindside and move Cottrell, who's also been in great form, to number eight. Um, if they want to continue with that big bollocking back row and, and have Hodgson as the sort of defence enforcer, um, or as like, like you said, you could bring on uh, bring on bring back Alcock, who I'm not sure if he's back if he's back from injury. I know he had a slight slight injury, but I think they were just sort of resting him. But maybe he'll give another option, or or go with the youngster uh, Brainard um, and uh, and throw him in at number eight and, and see how he goes. So. Yeah, okay, interesting. Well, it's got to be a battle of the, the halves there. It's really going to be up to um, uh, the boys there, Sears and, and Albie, in terms of taking on Kurt Barlow and Crude, and they've just uh, they control that Chiefs play so well. I'm a big fan of Junior Russellia at the centres there for the force. I, I'm, I think he played really well last year, started slowly this year, but he's coming on now, and I'd like to see him maintain his running game because I think he can cause a, a bit of damage there. Gosh, you know, this is a massive game. Um, Chiefs beat the Stormers last week. They had a couple of tight wins the two weeks before that. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay Aussie. I'm going to stick the force in a, in a surprise one. Oh, geez, that'd be good. Yeah, I, I don't know how, I don't even know how to really uh, tip this one myself. Um, I know the Chiefs are going to be tough. I mean, you know, the Force are going to stay with that attacking intent because the Chiefs are going to get a couple of tries on them there, aren't they? So the Force will have to keep that up. Um, yep, yeah, going to be going to be very interesting to see this one. Uh, can, I mean, but how good? I mean, the Force are in like the top six, aren't they? 
Um, oh, I was just saying they're just equal with uh, I think the Bulls at the moment. Just four and against is the only thing splitting them. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I dare to dream. Let's get, let's go the force. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Moving on, we've got the Bulls versus Sharks at Loftus. But uh, Lions of the Reds. The next game we'll talk about over there at uh, Joburg. Um, I'll take the lead here for a second. It's hard to know what the Reds will do. I don't think they'll make too many changes. Um, there's a bit of conjecture, more in the form about Aiden Tui. He still is a, is a bit of an attacking dynamo, but uh, some of his his carries can be a bit soft and his defence is always questioned. Uh, we don't have a lot of options out there at the back other than possibly putting someone like Lockie Turner or even Mike Harris at fullback. I think they'll stick with Aiden. He's, he's, he's setting, or he's not setting, sorry, he's, he's high up there in the stats in terms of uh, clean breaks and and, and meters run and, and, and those sorts of things. So he's doing well from that perspective. We want that from a fullback. I think Benny Daly's headed home to Queensland uh, with, I think it was a hamstring injury. So you'll probably see Albert Anna come onto the bench. Um, whether Bo gets a start, I'm with you, Ben. I, I'm a fan of Bo and I'd, I'd be looking to start him. I think that aggression versus the South African teams would be much needed. Uh, so other than that, Quade's got a great history versus the... Lions scored a lot of points, a lot of tries versus them. So I'd, I'd like to think he'll uh, he's played very well, controlled the game very well. But I want to see him just tear it up running wise. So that's my hope. Obviously, to win the Reds, uh, Ben. Any feelings on this one? Yeah, I mentioned it last week. Um, how how much the Reds sort of haven't enjoyed travelling over to to South Africa in the last few years, and and again last week they they, they would they would be disappointed with what happened. So. I guess they'll be trying to, to right the wrongs, continue to right the wrongs. Um, and, and the Lions, they've just been in terrific form. There's the, the new kickbox 3000 with uh, Bischoff. He, he can't, yeah. he, he just slots them from everywhere. So the, the Reds back row, and they're going to they're gonna have to be on their game at the breakdown and, and just be careful because, yeah, you're sort of 50, 60 metres out, you, he just slots it and, and or even drop goals it. So they're going to have to be on their wits there and, and as I, yeah, as I said, mentioned with Bo Robinson, I think they'll, they'll really need him in the team to get that, that go-ahead uh, through the centre. Um, otherwise, I, I see sort of another another uh, Lions victory coming up. Yeah, my fear there is with that game plan, with Boshoff being the man he is and kicking what he is, I mean, and our discipline hasn't been great. We give it a lot of weight, not only a lot of penalties, but a lot of penalties in kicking position, yeah. is that we just revert back to that, uh, you know, getting a box kick game or, or a kicking game where I think we need to take these guys on and just be a bit more disciplined. Uh, Matty? Yeah, and I would have thought, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned, you know, I think you mentioned earlier in the thing anyway uh, about Benny Tapawai. Uh, yeah. Or Benny Tapawai. Uh, you, know, you know, when's he coming back? I would have thought this would be a great opportunity for him, actually, um, just to see him back in, in, in the team, you know, maybe to cut it up. I can see this being a high-scoring match. Um, and I think he could really play into that. And with his performance last week, you can't be. I don't. I'm not sure you can be arguing um, for the other fella. So uh, yeah. where, where do you play him? Where do you play him? You play him at twelve or thirteen? Straight in for or? Harris. Yeah, straight for Harris. He's at twelve for me. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think he he has a real struggle at thirteen, but at twelve he's great. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'd put him. Uh, anyway, so I've got. To, I hate to say it, but I think this could be. Like a bit of a horror tour for the Reds. Oh, don't say it. You know, this could be a bit of an unravel. Um, and they've got the force on that first game back to, back to Australia, which hasn't been been good the last few years. Ooh, no, there you go. No. Yeah, I, yeah, it doesn't feel good in my bones. Don't like the sound of that. Well, that wraps us up for round six. Got a bit of news around the place. I just want to touch on before we leave. 
the Wallaroos, there's a blog post today. The Wallaroos uh, Rugby World Cup squad was announced. It's effectively their training squad. They're off to play a bit of a Tri-Nations tournament in New Zealand with New Zealand and Canada. And they'll refine the squad after that, subject to injuries and, and form and whatnot. But there's obviously a World Cup year for the Wallaroos. And in fact, next year, next week, we have uh, the head coach of the Wallaroos coming on the show. So uh, we'll have a good chat to him about that squad and their season up ahead and, and, and whatnot. So that'll be good. Uh, Six Nations result. Any guys watch Six Nations? You guys watch the last round of the Six Nations? Ireland taking it out? Didn't see a scary. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Congratulations to Ireland and Brian O'Driscoll on finishing the season, but I must, uh, finishing the Six Nations. But so I must well. say the outpouring that was on Twitter about um, Brian O'Driscoll. I mean, jeez. I mean, you thanks, know, Brian. It's got to stop at some stage. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just got to certain proportions. I'm sure uh, Hugh, will, Hugh will be backing me up here. I'm sure we will get uh, we'll get inundated with uh, Irish. Indignation on this. Um, I mean, he, he was a, he was a fantastic player, but I think yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just feels it's going a bit far. Yeah, I think there was a few Irish blokes uh, with a few headaches uh, at work this morning after uh, after the win and after some patties. So mm. yeah, it was great great for Ireland to get up. Yeah. Anyway, at least the Poms didn't win. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, a couple of things I just want to finish on is Brisbane Premier Club rugby starts this weekend. I think in Sydney it's a few weeks off end of March, but uh, Club Rugby starts in Brisbane this re- weekend, so third tier, or it's third tier for the time being at least, so get out there and support that. Brothers are taking on Sunnybank at Brothers. Bond Uni, which is a new Gold Coast team, it's effectively the Gold Coast Breakers, but it's Bond Uni, are taking on Jeeps. Souths are taking on Norths at uh, at Souths there, and West will take on University of Queensland at Sylvan Road, so get out there and watch that, but if you they're all at 320 games. But uh, for you Tigers fans, the reigning champions, you guys are taking on Sydney University in the National Club Challenge on Saturday, let's call it dusk, 5.30pm, out there at uh, the Tiger Den, Bottomley Bottomley Park. Um, So if you love your grassroots rugby, the Reds are obviously away this weekend and playing uh, in the middle of the night. So in Brisbane, at least, you can get along and see some quality Premier Rugby. Very exciting times. Fantastic. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up. Nothing more from you guys? No, all said and done. Bring on the weekend. Excellent, lads. Well, thanks for your time. Look, I just want to finish with one thing. I'm really cognizant that uh, the podcast last year when Matt was hosting, he used to finish with that great little catchphrase of, see you next Tuesday and thanks for letting me come in your ears and it's kind of <laughs> grossed me out and made me laugh at the same time. I'm really cognizant I don't have anything of my own. So if anyone's got any suggestions for a, a closing to the show, give me a tweet at, at Rugby Reg or at the... Green and Gold Rugby tweet. I'd love to see any suggestions. And uh, the best of the week I'll use next week and uh, we'll have a little competition about it. But thanks a lot, guys. Let's get out there and enjoy the rugby this weekend and we'll speak to you next week. See you next Tuesday.